Hello listeners and welcome to episode 1 of Retrospective Replay, a serialised podcast taking an in-depth look into video games. This is season 3, Dino Crisis. My name is Ian and with me tonight is Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ian. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. So uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these, isn't it? Well, it is, but I, I'm not sure when the last one air, aired, so it's not that long. We'll break the magic if we say how long it's been. <laughs> That's very true, but it's been a good few weeks now. Yeah, it's been a good few weeks. Um, but it was a much-needed break. You uh, went back home, saw some family. Yeah, I went to Ireland. I haven't been to Ireland yeah. in two years. Yeah, yeah so that must have been nice. Yeah, weather was good. It was good for a change of scenery. Yeah, good. So, season three, Dino Crisis. I know you've started. I've started it as well, certainly. I think I'm about maybe halfway through the game. So I've got a lot of notes to write up. Did uh, What came first, Jurassic Park or Dino Crisis? Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was like 93, wasn't it? Did your first Jurassic Park film, was it? it must have yeah, been, yeah. It was like 92, 93. Uh, Jurassic Park. Because Jurassic mean, Park, yeah, come out in 1993, and this didn't come out until about 1998. 98, I think, yeah. Because this is a little bit of a not. I mean, I think it leans a little bit on Jurassic Park. Well, oh, without a doubt, yeah, without a doubt, it's bound to be heavily influenced by, it, isn't it? So the original Dino Crisis was 99. I remember playing the Jurassic Park video game on the Sega Mega Drive. I very, I, I like that. Just if we're talking about Jurassic Park or dinosaur-themed games. I played Jurassic Park on the Amiga. That was quite a good one from memory. That was pretty good. I had like a Doom-style section, which was uh, pretty scary back in the day. Yeah. I think I, I, I think I remember, if I remember correctly, in the Jurassic Park when some of the levels you played as a dinosaur. Yeah, you did. Yeah? Yeah. That was quite That's cool. That's quite cool. So yeah, so Dino Crisis was released in 99 on the PS1. However, we're not playing the PS1 version, we're playing the Dreamcast version, just purely because it looks a little bit nicer, really. I think it's pretty much the same game, apart from you don't have a select button on the Dreamcast. So when you press start, you get a little options menu that you don't get on the PlayStation. The PlayStation just says paused, whereas this gives you, I think, it has an options thing you can go and do, and that's about it. So again, we're called Retrospective Replay, and it's another game I haven't finished I've played it a few times up to about halfway through. I'm roughly at the point of where I played it um, back in 99, 2000, so whatever, 20, 22 years ago, because I had it on the PlayStation. Um, but yourself, you've never played this? Nope, can't say I've ever played it, no. Um, no. I was aware of it, but I never played it. I mean, uh, the other question yeah. then is I have for you is, why would you play half a game? I don't know. I mean, I, I had a lot of games on the PlayStation, you know, so you just you play a few and... Yeah, I suppose. I guess I don't know. I don't. It. I don't know why I only played half the game. I just just happened to only play about halfway through, and you fall out of love with the game. And you get another game, and you just forget about it, type of thing. I mean, I had a lot of PlayStation games. I had like two hundred PlayStation games, roughly. Jeez, wow. Yeah, but well, they were, they were, let's say they were not quite legitimate. Ah, uh, okay. I remember back in the day when so. when you when you rented games. I mean, that would be a legitimate reason to not finish a game. Or you'd rent it again yeah. then to finish it. 
but yeah. Yeah, I did rent a few games back in the day. We had a problem, actually. Like, I managed to change our local, like, game rental place. I changed their entire policy by myself because I rented a game. And when the game was there, I remember, like, I still remember being with my dad. And I was like, oh, there's no manual here. And he was like, oh, that's weird. When we returned it, they were like, there's no manual. And it was like, there wasn't a manual there. And they're like, well, there was. And I was like, there wasn't. I mean, prove it. And then after that, they started to, like, check the condition of the game, check the manual was there, check the condition of the manual, and then, like, sign a book. So I single-handedly managed to change the entire policy of my local game rental shop. There you go. That's your impact on the world. That was. But it's gone now. Well, was, most, uh, most of them have. Well, there's no rental videos or anything. You know, it's all online now. Well, yeah, that's true. There's a blockbuster in um, America still. Why? Uh, just because it keeps going, and now it's kind of just a bit of a, a niche, bit of a thing. Oh, yeah, right. a niche it's thing it's now. Like People retro. just go for the yeah. nostalgia. I think. I can't remember what it was called. I was um, name my company later. So yeah, this is. They might be listening like to their podcast, people. and they're like, "That's the guy." Yeah. I don't know. That's the guy. He he did it. He did it like twenty five years ago, maybe he's more. Yeah, about twenty five. Between 25 and 30. Yeah, so this game's... It's kind of like Resident Evil. It's survival, survival horror. Obviously, no zombies, dinosaurs instead. Um, but the backgrounds, like unlike Resident Evil, which were sort of pre-rendered and then put in the game, these are 3D backgrounds, and I think it looks quite nice. Yeah, it looks all right. Um, for the time, you know, you've got to think that this is, what, 22, yeah. 23 years ago? Yeah, and the fact we're playing the Dreamcast version really does take some of the ugliness out of it. Yeah, although the movement is a bit clunky. Hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I don't know the exact plot of the game. Like I said, never beat it, but I do know some of the plot and you can kind of guess what's going to happen, you know. It, it, it's almost at the start. It kind of feels like Resident Evil. You know, they get in the mansion, then people disappear and I'm like, oh God, it's it's just like they've taken Resident Evil, did a control H to find and replace and change zombie with dinosaur at times. I mean, there's no mansion, but, like, you know, people disappear and whatnot, but it's kind of similar. So they've ripped off Jurassic Park and Resident Evil. <laughs> well, the, the, I mean, res, it was done by them, so they were ripping themselves off, you know. Yeah, well, they ran out of ideas, was it? And they were, like, just... just yeah, I'm wondering if that's been done in anything else. Uh, sure it has. Yeah, probably. Do we want to get straight into it? Oh, actually, no. No, no, we don't. Uh, let's see. Let's Socials, first of all. So Twitter at Retro Replay Pod, Facebook, Retrospective Replay Podcast, or contact us via Gmail, Retrospective Replay, gmail.com. Let's see, we are playing on, the, we're doing the Dreamcast version, which we are doing via emulation, of course, because getting the hardware and getting the game would cost way too much, so start the game. And it hits the menu pretty fast. You hit new game and you get like a dinosaur roar, isn't it? the t-rex i think on the point of that actually just to go back to playing it on an emulator and whatnot yeah. I, I would be interested i mean if anybody was listening wants to say uh, how many people do, do we have listening that are just console players and and don't actually have the opportunity to play along with us that would be interesting or how many people are actually playing along i mean yeah nice if somebody is playing along um i mean we are going to be taking things probably a bit slow at first i don't know if you're going to play along, maybe give it a couple of weeks and then start your game because 
Otherwise, you'll rocket ahead of us unless you want to just go ahead and beat it and it'll still be pretty fresh in your mind, of course. Mm. Start the game and the dino rolls when you hit new game, which I quite liked. And it takes us straight into a cutscene and it's a computer screen and the voice says, You have mail. But there's no Mel Gibson, of course. And the mouse cursor moves over to the mail icon. Hold on a second. Why, why would it be Mel Gibson? Wasn't it Mel Gibson? No, that's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. You've got mail. What am I thinking of? What women want? Oh, what women want? Yeah, that's not. Yeah. You've got mail is um, Tom Hanks. It's just so that you don't have to go back and do the, the patch notes next week. It's the patch Tom notes about Tom Hanks and Mel Gibson. That's yeah. it. I don't, I've never actually seen You've Got Mail. Have you seen it? Yeah. How is it? Yeah, it's a pretty good film. It's if you like a romantic comedy, and it's got what's his name, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, isn't that yeah. what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, then, worth, it's worth a watch. And what women want—that's that's that's Helen Hunt, isn't it? And Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. What do women yeah. want, Ian? Let's go off on a tangent on that. Let's let's do a podcast about that. <laughs> about what women want? Yeah. I mean, is is that an answerable question? Let's stop before we get in trouble. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Let's move on. So we see a computer screen. Someone's interacting with it, and the voice says, "You have mail." And the mouse cursor moves to read the mail. And there's three mails actually in the titled this month's expense report from Agent Mickey, the second report from the military experiment facility from Agent Tom, and the last one is the QED project progress from Agent Eric. So the cursor moves to the second item. And like it says email, but it, his voice starts reading it out, isn't it? So has he just made like a voice recording and send it? Or maybe it's just in your head. Maybe it is in your head, but it's Tom's voice. And he says that he's infiltrated the facility under the guise of a researcher as planned. However, he has no information on the top secret weapon. He has, however, discovered someone who was there that was unexpected. A man called Dr. Kirk. Tom continues saying that Dr. Kirk is the leading person in energy research but is alleged to have died in an experiment gone wrong three years ago. However, now he is the head of a non-weapon project at the facility which is at its late stage. He adds that this country is somehow involved and I'm not sure what he means by this country. Does he mean his home country or the country where the facility is? I'm assuming he means the country of the facility and it's in a foreign land. Uh, I understood it to be the country that he was being an agent for. So I thought it was the US or wherever he's from. Tom finishes with a recommendation that necessary actions are be to be taken immediately. And then another box pops up with data on Dr. Kerr. The mouse cursor moves over and selects it. And it shows news article headlines. Dr. Kirk proposes the ultimate source of clean energy. And it moves on to government rejects financial support and laboratory closes. And finally... Tragic disaster. Dr. Kirk deceased following an accident during an experiment. So it sounds like he is set up for his own death. It sounds like very Metal Gear, actually. Yeah, it? it is very Metal Gear. Also, is Dr. Kirk, is he? Is that his surname or is that his first name? Is it like Captain Kirk? I think it's his surname. Yeah. Because okay. I think you see it on some papers at some point later okay. on. Okay. Yeah, it's set up that, you know, it is very Metal Gear solid. It's all connected. Yeah, it is all connected. The screen backs out and it moves on to right. And then it selects operation instruction. But I'm not sure why it goes to write, because it's not like, it doesn't seem like somebody's writing something. It's like they're being told. It was a bit odd. Yeah. Uh, as you say, email, we're talking over it, and it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it moves on the narrative. Yeah, and, and it moves on, and it goes to operation instructions and then selected, and it comes with secure Dr. Kirk 
and repatriate him swiftly. But before it even finishes the sentence, it's already fading black. Yeah, it goes off very quickly. It really quickly. And then I had to look up, well, I looked it up, but I guessed what repatriate was, which is uh, just to bring somebody back, you know, like repatriate them, isn't it, to bring them back home? Yeah, so he's not, he's from wherever they're from. So when the screen fades black, we get some very 90s pre-rendered CG cutscenes, don't we? Of a helicopter. It is, it is not aged well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's not too bad. It's but not it's too st- bad. but it, it, The movements of the people are a bit stiff, I'd say. Yeah, when you look at something like um, uh, Warzone and they're coming in on the helicopters compared to this, it's, it's night and day, isn't it? But that's graphics. It's 22 years, 23 years old, this game, or 22 years old. You know, things yeah. have changed. Look at TV shows 20-odd years ago. Look at movies. That's very true. Everything changes. Times change. Yeah. What films were out 20 years ago? In 1999. Top was, films in 1999. Was the first Matrix in 1999? Oh, it might have been, you know. I think the first Matrix was in 1999. I think. The Matrix looked good then. I haven't seen the Matrix forever, though. And now there's I think this still looks Matrix. pretty good now. Fight Club. Fight Club was good. The but Matrix. Yeah, you're right. Phantom Menace. So there's a lot of uh, Office Space. Office Space is a fantastic film. Um, but, you know, there's not really many uh, much CG in it. Oh, and Blair Witch. Oh, but there's no CG in the Blair Witch. No. More people are shaking cameras. Well, there's, a good, there's a, some good films come out in 99. Yeah. But, yeah, this doesn't look quite as nice, but it's still, you know, it sets the scene anyway. So a helicopter is flying through a storm, and there's four people on it dressed in tactical gear and breathing apparatus. The camera switches to the pilot who tells them they are approaching the drop zone. They unbuckle their belts and turn on red light. The door opens and they get ready to do a halo jump. I assume it's a halo jump because they've got breathing apparatus on where the air's thin. And that would be... Um, do you know what halo stands for? Um, no. High altitude, low opening. So you jump out high and you open your parachute, low infiltration. I thought they jumped out. I thought they had the stuff on because they were going into the water. But maybe they didn't. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but you don't see it if they do. Yeah, yeah, because they're already on land. No, I think you're probably right. Rick opens the door and he says, feels like we've got a little turbulence. Gail, the leader, says, once we hit the ground, head straight for the designated convergence point. He starts the time on his watch and asks if Rick's got it. They nod and then we see them come down on a parachute. Gail, Rick and Regina have all landed safely and are waiting for Cooper at the convergence point. Gail looks at his watch. Nine minutes and 25 seconds have passed. Rick apologises for being late, but Gail ignores his comment and says it's time to move out and walks off. Regina takes off her mask and asks about Cooper, but Gail tells her to forget him and the time's up. But uh, did you get that Kirk guy? Is that his name? Rick, sorry. Rick. Rick, Rick, yeah. Black guy. He's like the comic relief. He is the comic relief. He's like, he's got terrible... I was like, oh no. It's like a stereotypical... It's 90s kind of yeah, comedy where it's, it's like the so stereotypical yeah the funny guy friend who's like I just expect him to get eaten by a dinosaur at some point oh no he didn't maybe <laughs> or he's like oh I didn't believe in that or whatever anyway go on so now we see actually Cooper's fate and why he's late so we see Cooper and he's landed somewhere far away from the rest of the team and he's using a torch to look around in the jungle he hears something and runs off presumably scared the camera moves to see the jungle from overhead and trees are being pushed out of the way and birds are flying off. So whatever is chasing him is big and fast. The camera switches a few times. First we see a giant leg, 
then from the eyes of the beast and it's clearly huge probably 50 60 feet tall yeah and finally in front of cooper and it's looking back behind him and he's being chased by a t-rex closes down on cooper and eats him in one go the t-rex then rolls up with the moon in the background and it sounds like the same roar in the menu doesn't it when you hit new game yeah and i was thinking for a moment to myself is like you know why have they done this is like blowing the money shot this is the they've revealed the t-rex straight away out the gate and then i remember to myself the game is called dino crisis so you know <laughs> you're going to work it out anyway it fades to black and we are now in the game engine and the team are outside a building having just passed through a metal gate they're surrounded by wire fences with razor wire on top and you can hear the sea below on the rocks and birds making some noises it is very atmospheric. I will give it for that. It is. I, I, really, I really like the sound and the music's very... It adds a lot to the game, a lot of suspense to the game by the music. Yeah. Gail tells him this is the first checkpoint and the playtime is over. Do you not get that that was a bit pointed at um, the player as well, though? A bit of Fort Wall. It's like, this is the first checkpoint, playtime's over, kiddies. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's sort of Fort Wall breaking, yeah. Yeah. He immediately notices the lights in the guardhouse are out and then notes this is being wrong. And then Rick starts with his comments. Maybe they had a wild night of partying. Like, I, I can't figure out if it's a joker or a moron or a bit of both. No, I think he's just trying to be funny. But it just isn't funny. No, it's not. It's really not funny. Gail cautiously proceeds forward to the fence and refers to Rick as Junior and tells him to stay there. Rick complains to Regina, but she tells him to ignore it and to let Gail handle it. To be honest, I don't really think Rick has any grounds to complain when he's saying the things that he's saying. Yeah. Then about three seconds later, his radio beeps. A green light flashes on his hand. It's a signal from Gail to say that it's clear. Rick and Regina move through the gate and they move into a new area that's called the backyard of the facility. Rick gives Regina the plan. He'll go to the control room on the first floor, which I think by the mean ground floor, don't they, for non-Americans. Yeah. Don't, don't the Americans call it, it's like, um, we call the ground, they call it the first, what we call the first, they call the second. Mm. And he's going to access the security system, and once he's there, he'll call Regina. So we get control back, but not for long. Um, we move forward, and we approach Gail, and the cutscene takes over. Gail's crouched down, inspecting a fence, and there's blood and bullet cartridges on the ground. Regina makes a sarcastic comment to Gail about being his handiwork, but he ignores it and states that the brass is still warm, which means the guards were shooting something very recently. What I was trying to find out, I don't know how how long brass cartridges stay warm for, because I, you wouldn't think it would stay warm for that long. Two minutes? Three minutes? I honestly don't know. I mean, they are very hot when they come out. Yeah, they get very hot when they come out. I've been to a gun range before, and if I had the gun, the cartridge came out, bounced off like the wood on the side and then hit me in the cheek and like it's a lot of temperature in it like you know you fire that it bounced came back so it was like probably less than a second and it was really hot i mean it probably could be warmish so it's not gone cold and it's nighttime and whatnot so he could tell that i guess it could hold its heat for that long or some bit of residual heat i, I would have thought maybe it's a couple of minutes three four minutes tops mm, maybe I mean, if that's the case, surely they would have heard the gunfire as they were approaching the facility, you know, four minutes out. They probably went that far away because I doubt they were sprinting at top speed, right? Yeah. So you think they would have heard that. But anyway, Regina questions who they were fighting with. And Gail says it wasn't much of a fight. Something ripped through the fence and took them out. And then Regina makes another silly joke to him, but Gail just tells her to sweep the area. Yeah, I think the whole thing about, oh, what have you done here? Or I still think it could be you. I mean, 
this is a serious thing. There's people, yeah. you know, th- these are meant to be professionals and they're acting like, I don't know. It just does the tone doesn't feel right. They're acting like the Three Stooges on the... No, not that. It's just very... It's, it seems like it's they're playing around. It's playing around when it's actually a serious yeah. thing, and they're meant to be like a crack team of seals or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Starship Troopers or something. That kind of humor. So we can move around now, and if you just go up the screen, there's a gate, but you need the B one generator key. So come back down past Gale, and to Regina's left, the right hand side of the screen is a door, and if you go through there, it takes us into material storage. <laughs> Inside here, we find a key on a shelf, which is for the ground backup generator, uh, not the B1, which is what we just try to get into. And on the other side of the room, there's a shelf you can push and you can grab a healing item, the resuscitation. Oh, I didn't know you could push the shelf. Yeah, you can push that shelf. I mean, you head back there later if you want and push it. I leave quite a lot of items around, actually, because I couldn't fit them in my inventory. Um, you, could, you have, like, a magic box, like you did with Vagrant Story, yeah. and you have it in um, Resident Evil, but it's not free to access. You've got to collect these plugs yeah. and then use these plugs to open these boxes. So you've got to be strategic about which ones you want to open, I think. But if the, the equipment does follow you around. I didn't know that you could push a shelf. I thought you could do something with the forklift later on because it was non-operational, but I took the key off the yeah. shelf and that was it. How, how can she tell it's non-operational just by looking at it? I don't know. So we leave, and there's not much to do, really. If you run towards the facility, Gail shouts at you, saying that you can't go in there and just leave Rick to handle the facility by himself. However, you can run up to the door, but then the text comes up saying that Regina should leave it to Rick. So the only way to go, really, is the gate that we originally came in. And as we approach the gate, the radio beeps again, and it's Rick. And he says he's inside, but he's got a bad feeling because the place is completely deserted. Regina asks him about the progress on the security system, and he replies that there's no power and he can't do anything. So he tells Regina to try and get the power back on. But it's a bit funny, I think, because when they are using the radios, the hand, the light on the hand, and it goes like green when they're transmitting and red when they're receiving, or vice versa. And then once one person's using it, they can they can all hear the radio, right? By the looks of it, because everybody's hands change colour mm. at the same time. Yeah. So as it gets to the end of the conversation, Gail walks over saying that he heard the end of the conversation, but wasn't he like 10 feet away? Yeah. So wouldn't he hear the whole conversation? Cause, but, yeah. Mm. And then she then he comes around or something and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? Or, yeah. And it's like... Yeah, like, he was, like she's surprised. It was just around the corner from you. And then Regina says she's found a key, and Gail snatches it away. Like, he doesn't just take it, does he? He's like, give it here, and snatches it. And then he tells Regina to head outside. But, you know, I, I have something to tell Gail here, really. They already are outside. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, they're in a courtyard area. But anyway, I guess he means go through the gate back to the, uh, the backyard area. So you go through there, and there's nowhere to go because there's two gates but one's locked so you have to move into the passage to the backup generator and it's a long walkway which when you go up the camera chases Regina which is quite a nice camera view actually yeah it is and as we move around the corner the music builds up and she walks up a body that's been severed the music fades but then Regina breaks the tension with that's disgusting yeah and Gail's crouched down again, inspecting the body, and he states the man has been eviscerated, um, which is which is being, like, uh, deboweled, isn't it? Yeah, cut open from 
basically until your bowels fall out. Disemboweled, kind of. Then Regina notes the tooth mark, saying it must be an animal. I mean, I wonder what it could be. I mean, what you what type of animal do you reckon could have done that? Uh, a lion. <laughs> lion crisis. Yeah. The sequel. <laughs> yeah. There's not a sequel to this, is there? There's two. Oh, God. Okay. Fair enough. But, like, it's crazy, right? Because we're never going to cover them. So... I say this too. It's just Dino Crisis, Dino Crisis 2, Grand Crisis, Dino Crisis 3. But then you have Dino Stalker and Dungeon in Dino Crisis, Dungeon and Chaos, which probably sounds like it was a mobile game or something. It's a first-person shooter mobile game, yeah. Dino Stalker was a light gun game, yeah, which is probably like Resident Evil Survivor. And then Dino Crisis 3, right? Can we, like, should we just very quickly cover a synopsis of it? Just, just see how mad it is. Yeah. So it's set in the year 2548, and it's been 300 years since Earth lost contact with a colony ship, Ozymandias, and it's then it suddenly reappears near Jupiter, and there's a team called SOAR, Special Operations and Reconnaissance, are sent aboard to probe the ship to investigate. And it's just absolutely mad, because... Like so is it dinosaurs in space? The um, dinosaurs keep getting sent from the past, I think, into the future, and it's just totally weird. Is this an episode of Rick and Morty? <laughs> Gale moves on in front of us, and he approaches a door and says he'll stand guard to allow Regina to move and look around. And this door takes us into backup generator room, first floor. And it's the first puzzle of the game, and it's pretty straightforward. There's some levers in a coloured order and there's some like battery cells and what you need to do is put the batteries in the same order as the levers and it's just red, blue, green, white and you can do this by pressing the right button, the centre button and the right button again. So when you pull the levers, the batteries engage and the generator starts up. And as we go to leave, there's some gunfire, then like animal sounds and Gail shouts out in pain. I think Regina, does she say something at that point or not? Um... I think she says Gaylord. She, does she? Can't quite yeah. remember. Um, but we leave anyway. And Gail's not there, but there's a trail of blood. And as we walk forward, there's some banging, then hissing and growls, and Regina's pointing her gun in every which direction looking for an enemy. She walks cautiously forward, and there's a new hole in the fence, which is straight off the edge of the cliff. Regina looks over and shouts for Gail. As she does, the camera switches, and we see our first dinosaur, the hint of it, the shouting seems to catch the animal's attention. Then the dino runs across the top of the crate and attacks. So it's the first dino encounter. And it's pretty easy, isn't it, really? Find the yeah, gun, shoot. Yeah, and it's a velociraptor. Yeah, but it's not like... They're not real velociraptors, are they? Because um, Jurassic Park like took the velociraptor and made it into this thing, didn't it? Because actual velociraptors are about the size of chickens, aren't they? No, 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 no. Actual velociraptors were the size of like a wolf. So that's a bit bigger. Um, the, the one in this is bigger than the one in Jurassic Park but the actual velociraptors are on the side of a wolf and they also had feathers and also the, in reality velociraptors didn't use their claws for ripping at stuff like they did in Jurassic Park and in this game they use them for clutching their prey instead um, and for that mean, the reason the name velociraptor in Latin means swift Caesar so for grabbing things quickly so it wasn't for ripping it was for more clutching stuff and right. they were about the size of a wolf and they had feathers so what nice. you see in Jurassic Park and what you see in this is not what the Velociraptor was actually like similar but not as big as that yeah um, poetic license or whatever you want to call it 
did you find that sometimes maybe it's not this one one later on like you'll shoot them and they'll play dead yeah that happened to me later on I shot them I thought it yeah. took like a couple of shots I think the first one took me three shots and I killed him um, and then I tried the next one yeah. I shot him in a place and he, I thought he was dead and then he got back up again but you can always tell because like Regina points a gun down so she'll still point at yeah. it and you can shoot it and when it does die a pool of blood comes around the uh, the, the dinosaur okay so once it's down you move on and you find that the body that we saw earlier has been it's gone and it's been dragged been dragged quite far down and when you find it you inspect it and you get an aid from it you know a first aid kit from it and we backtrack our steps towards the facility and we get a call from rick when we enter the backyard again and here's good news the control system is back online regina tells rick she's lost gale and that they were attacked by a dinosaur and then rick doesn't believe it and then makes another joke about barney doesn't he you know the purple yeah, dinosaur like, who was it barney yeah insert barney music here <laughs> and then he just tells regina at the head of the control room so they can sort things out at that point the map flashes up and it shows us our destination and it's not completely filled but as you go throughout the game there's maps various maps around the place and you can use them to actually fill in your map data so okay. that's something good to remember so if you see a map on the wall you go up to it and you can basically copy the map data down it's quite handy i did not know that so now we move into the facility first room is the office hallway and it's a shortish hallway with a 90 degree bend and you go around a corner and we hear growling and Regina points up gun around again and the music gives some sort of eerie strings and, and things. On the left there's a locked door which is locked on the other side and there's a notice board that says 10am Dr. Kirk the future of stabilizer. Bit further forward there's a vent shaft opening presumably that um, Rick opened and we can go up it. You, it asks you if you want to go. You click yes, and then suddenly Regina is on a wire, and then it ascends up into the access corridors. It kind of asks you in a kind of a weird way, doesn't it? Will you climb up, and will you climb down? Mm-hmm. Well, what else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly, because you can't. There's a laser force field in front of us, and we can't get past that right now. Did you try to walk into it? No, what happens? Oh, I didn't either. I wonder would it kill you. I don't think so, because the dinosaurs can jump into it. I don't even think it'll hurt you, to be honest, but might try it. So when we're up in the access corridors, the equipment hums all around us, and there's pipes and devices everywhere. The corridors are thin, and there's various openings to go into different areas. But we just want to go around the corner and drop down the first one, which takes us into the control room hall. And then some music kicks in now, doesn't it? And it's really suspenseful. you think something's gonna like pop out and attack you but there's really nothing to fear right now in this room no you just move on around the corner and there's some bullets there if you want to grab them but i left them for now because i you know i didn't use like three or four bullets and there's also one of those emergency medical supply storage boxes but you don't have a plug for it the only way you can go is uh through the door into the control room and we go into the control room on the first floor and it's straight into a cutscene and there's humming from equipment and the sound of Rick tapping on the keyboard but he's tapping a lot it's like he's writing 1984 or something he's just constantly like tap 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 Regina walks towards him and asks about the status Rick says the security system is easy and isn't a problem 
He spins round in his chair to face Regina. He asks what happened to Gail and asks that she said she was attacked by a dinosaur. Regina tells him yes, it was unbelievable and he hopes that Gail is still alive. But not to be hung on such matters, she moves on telling Rick they need to complete the mission. However, Rick disagrees, saying that they need a call for an evac chopper. Regina agrees, saying it's a great idea, but Cooper has a radio and he's missing. However, we know where he is, you know, he's at the bottom of a T-Rex's stomach. Also, why did they only have one radio? Yeah, I don't know. What's the point I mean, that's a bit of an oversight. For a, for a crack team, surely radios aren't that expensive for their funding budget. Yeah, I mean, there's one radio and the guy, as it turns out, the guy who has the radio to evacuate them is missing. I mean, <laughs> you know. He can't even land in, a, uh, in the same area as everybody else. Yeah. Crack team, my, they must have the same IQ as the guys from Metal Gear Solid. Maybe, what, what like 180? 180 IQ, yeah. Regina walks to the other side of the control room, where the screens are shown static, and asks Rick what is wrong with these monitors. He tells her it's the security system for the underground, but the cameras aren't working. They both suspect this means the power is still off, and there must be a different power system. Well, we know that, because we try to access the door, and it says you need the B1 underground generator key, didn't it? Yeah. Regina says they can investigate after doing a full sweep of the ground area. Rick agrees and says he'll take care of the laser shutters for Regina and that she's to find Dr. Kirk and rendezvous back. So we get control. We move in the control room. There's a lift in the back. Now I'm going to call it, right? I'm going to call it right now. Two things I'm going to call because it's so similar to Resident Evil. I'm going to say Gale is a bad guy. He's going to reappear as the bad guy like Albert Wesker. And I think to escape, they'll probably be like a bomb or something go off and you got to get back to the control room and go through that lift to the roof to be extracted that's that's what i'm gonna say yeah you need a like d card for that elevator yeah. as well yeah I, I, it'll be something like that you know i've not beat it but this is what these are my predictions uh we can leave the control room again and when we do the camera cuts to rick and he says what i want to know is where those things are coming from so back in the control room hallway there's only one way to go the back way we came however we don't go through the vent but we go through a like, there's a door underneath the vent, and it takes us into the management office. Straight away, there's a couple of items when you get inside. There's a DDK input disk H, and it's the first one. So we'll talk about them probably next week when we come to use them. Mm. And there's a plug, which, again, we'll use that next week. You can go through a little doorway into a second room, and when you do, there you get, like, a stab of chords with music, and there's another dead body on the floor. And when you examine the body, it has... An item, panel key two. It looks like a key card with yep. a sort of a like a medal on it, and the word Leo written across the top. At the back of this room, there's a safe. However, you're currently not functioning. But if you go back into the first room, there's a flashing button, and when pressed, it activates the computer that apparently has the fastest boot time in the world, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it just started up like there was no Windows music or anything. When you walk up to it, there's an email on the screen already. And the subject is new employee education. And it's information about the DDKs, the digital disk key. And it says, to release the locks, you need the DDK code disk and the DDK input disk, both of which have a letter after them, such as A, B, C, D, etc. If you don't have both or the wrong letter, you can't unlock a door. Turn round and you go out via the door next to the switch. And the game asks us if we want to save. So... This is where we leave the first episode for this week, which I know isn't too far into the game. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's you know, setting the scene. So yeah, it, it, it's setting the scene, and 
there's going to be a lot more action, I think, next week. So how have you found up to this point then? What, what do you think? Is it is it okay? Are you enjoying it? Uh, it's all right. Um, the, the, the worst thing for me to start was the movement and using the D-pad to move around was a bit of a pain. Yeah. But now you get used to it. You do. Um, the story is mildly intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more kind of funny than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's interesting to see how it'll play out, I guess. Uh, and to explain how... I'm interested in seeing where these dinosaurs came from and is it a total rip-off of Jurassic Park? <laughs> I hope there's going to be like a chase sequence in a in a jeep with a T Rex chasing us. I was going to say I I hope you get some better weapons. I was I was going to say to you what difficulty are you playing on medium or easy? There's normal or easy. Normal. I'm just on easy. Yeah, I'm on easy as well. I'm not sure if you get the other weapons if you go on normal because we're on easy and we get the handgun, the shotgun, and the grenade launcher. But I don't believe there's any other weapons in the game. I think you just get upgrades for each weapon. Okay. So are there different weapons when you get it on normal and easy? I think you might just start with a pistol. I mean, don't quote me on it. I might check this out. But I think you might start with a pistol and then have to find the other weapons, possibly. Because if you've ever played Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, when you play that on easy, that gives you loads of guns at the start and you have to find them as you play. Um, okay. But when you play on normal, you start with just a handgun. So what guns do we have now? The pistol, the shotgun, and the grenade launcher. Ah. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't look at my other weapons. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, the pistol pistol works fine at the start of the game. I think there's only yeah, about four enemy good. types, you know. There's a Velociraptor, there's a flying one, which would be a, I'm not sure. Um, pterodactyl. Well, pterodactyl. I don't think it's actually pterodactyls, just because we have a, you know, my son has a Gigantosaurus storybook, and it says something about a pterodactyl not being the right name. I'm like, okay, but... And then there's like, uh, I think there's the T-Rex, which we've seen once in the cutscene. And there's like this slower moving, more armored dinosaur, which apparently can't really be hurt by the handgun. Okay. So I think it's only, I think it's only the four enemies, but um, I've only encountered two so far. Well, three, I suppose. I haven't encountered the armored ones yet. Okay. Ter- pterodactyls, the common name for pterosaurs, are an extinct group of winged reptiles. There was a genus of pterosaur called Pterodactylus, uh, which is where the word pterodactyl comes from, but not all pterosaurs belong to this genus. Right, okay. So it's kind of like, again, are we back yeah. to all IPAs of beer, but not all beers are IPAs, it's a throwback to season yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I think pretty much, yeah. All, all pterodactyls are pterosaurs, but not all pterosaurs are pterodactyls. Okay. There you go. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, I'm enjoying wow. it so far. It's um, it's still a bit of a scary game at times, actually. Mm. Even though I'm, you know, late thirties and there are other things that should scare you more than, than games like high energy prices and cholesterol uh, and your pension. There you go. There are things that are more scary. <laughs> okay, list of scary things: cholesterol, pension, high energy prices. Yeah, but if Doctor Kirk's plan comes off, then it'll be free energy, be unlimited clean energy. Well, well, hold on. What have dinosaurs got to do with unlimited clean energy? Well, that's the thing. We'll find out. You must be bringing them back from the past or something. We'll find out. We'll find out. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so how are we going to close Season 3 off? Well, we're not going to close Season well, 3. Sorry, how, how, well, how are we going to close episode. off each episode in Season 3? Uh, Sign off. With the Bar- with Barney the Dinosaur music. <laughs> <laughs> no, that gets flagged. I don't know. There's no mailing quotes. Mailing's gone. No, mailing's gone. 
we'll just sign it off with thanks very much for listening. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Say goodbye, Michael. Goodbye, Michael. <laughs>